came to earth and died for our sins and rose from the dead so that we could be free and unencumbered, delivered from the prince of this world to be free to fellowship with him. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Not only is the Bible a book of prophecy, revelation, instruction, correction, and good news, it's also a book of incredible poetry. Hi everybody, welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thank you for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, The One That Got Away, right out of the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon is a beautiful picture of Christ and His Bride, and of the deadly allure of a seductive world that is always seeking to draw Jesus' Bride, the Church, away from Him. As we launch into our exciting new journey through this beautiful extended poem written by King Solomon, I'm asking the Lord to open our eyes to the incredible truths found within. I believe the Lord is going to use it to help us in our walk with Him and to enrich our love relationship with our Heavenly Bridegroom, the Lord Jesus. So let's go right to part two of the message, An Hour of Trouble. I would take being around a bad Christian than I would a good worldling. Because character out there is going down the tube. But those who have been touched by him, even nominally, have better character than those in the world that have never known him at all. He says, the character of this shepherd was such that upright people, she said, the upright love you. Solomon had no love for the shepherd. Solomon didn't care about the shepherd that she was in love with, nor did the women of the court. They thought she was ridiculous and being silly and missing a great opportunity to be with Solomon. They could not see his beauty and neither can the world that surrounds you. Don't expect them to understand. They never will. So it is with the world we live in. While the church, the bride of Christ, are enamored with the beauty of Jesus, the world can't see anything in him to desire. They look at Jesus and they say, well, that's just rules and regulations and not having any fun in life. And on and on and on they go. They do not understand what it is like to be absolutely engulfed in the power and love of the Holy Spirit and have your life turned around and be set free from everything that entangled you and was destroying you and to get up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord, instead of good Lord, it's morning. I mean, they don't know what it is to walk with the Lord. They think it's just a religion, but it's not. It's a relationship. And it should be growing every day. You know that a person cannot love this present evil world and also love Jesus? The Bible says whoever loves this world is the enemy of God. To the Shulamite, Solomon, who again is a picture of the world and the prince of this world, to her he was a conceited, pompous bore. In verse 5, the Shulamite becomes aware again of the court women. She takes note of their high style 
and their high fashion and compares herself to them. Look what she says in verse 5. I am black, but comely. O you daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar and as the curtains of Solomon. Now look what she's doing. She is aware that they are looking at her. She's aware that the court women are sizing her up. They live in Solomon's court. And she's aware that they're comparing her to them. So she says, I know, I know, I know, I'm black, but I'm comely. You daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Now, here was the deal. The skin of the court women was white like porcelain because they never saw the sun. They never went out in the sun. But the Shulamite was a country girl. Every country girl in here say amen. Amen. We in Fort Worth here. The Shulamite, all of you Fort Worth girls ought to like her because she was a country girl. And her skin was tanned. That's what she meant by when she said, I'm black but comely. Her skin was tanned. Look what she said in verse 6. Don't stare at me because I'm dark. Quit staring at me. Get your eyes off of me. Quit looking down on me. I like the way that she stood up for herself. Because I'm darkened by the sun. She's telling them, if you don't understand how my skin got this way, it's called the sun and I've been in it. She's saying, I got it honestly. I'm suntan. You girls ought to try it sometime. I'm suntan and I'm not ashamed of my upbringing. But she also knew that she was beautiful. Like the curtains of Solomon. I mean, folks, there's a reason when he was out gallivanting around that he saw her and said, guys, go get her and take her into the pavilion. Take her to my palace. That girl is beautiful. She was a looker. Now, these court women were looking at her like, eh, look at her. You know, her skin's dark and she's dressed like a shepherd girl and she's not all that. But she was saying, hey, quit comparing me to you. I'm suntanned and I happen to know I'm beautiful. That's what she's saying. (laughs) I like her. She didn't say, oh, I know I look terrible. I know I'm no count. I don't know why he's fooling with me. She said, I know why he's fooling with me. (laughs) Like the Shulamite, we should accept ourselves just the way we are. Amen? Amen? Just the way you are. Because they say, as the old preacher said, God don't make no junk. She accepted herself. She said, I'm suntan, I'm a country girl, and I like it, and I like me. And quit looking at me the way you're looking at me because I'm beautiful, and I know it, and I don't care what you tell me. She was refusing to allow these court women to define her down. And boy, I'll tell you, we need some of that in the church. I know I love Jesus. Quit looking at me that way. You're right. I am sun tanned. So quit looking at me like there's something wrong with me. I'm proud of my tan. I'm proud that there is visible evidence I have been with the sun. I'm proud that there's visible evidence that I know the Son of God. And I'm not ashamed, so quit comparing me to you because I happen to know I'm worth looking at. I'm beautiful because God made me. And I'm not going to let you define me down or make me feel bad about having been in the presence of the Son. She wasn't showy like the court women. She wasn't a strutting peacock. But she fully accepted her natural beauty, felt no need to compete. Genuine beauty, everybody, is an inside job. 
and she knew it. She was beautiful on the inside. That's why the shepherd was in love with her. And Solomon was drawn to this. He just didn't know why. Now, next we discover that her own family had been against her love for the shepherd. Now, here we get into getting persecuted for loving the shepherd. Already, the court women who symbolized the world, pomp, splendor, glitter, magnificence, all that the world offers, that strutting Vegas-type world, these court women were persecuting her, mocking her for refusing to defect from the shepherd and go to Solomon. And it's that way with you and me every single day. We fight that battle every day. The citizens of the world mock us because we will not defect from our shepherd and go to the world. And that's what it's all about. This is what this girl's experiencing. But now we're going to find, not only does she experience it with the world in these court women, but she also experienced it from her very own family. Look what she testifies in verse 6. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. Well, what does that mean? Her own brothers have been against her love for the shepherd. They didn't like it. Her brothers did not like her relationship with this shepherd and had done all they could to separate the two. So what did they do? They had taken her from the fields where she regularly met with him and had put her in the vineyard to toil. They separated her. So it is many times with a Christian. Did you know that Jesus himself predicted a man's foes shall be they of his own household? I experienced that. When I came to the Lord, all my old friends were like the court women what do you mean you're with some shepherd? What do you mean you love Jesus? What are you talking about? You'll be back. You'll be back. One of them even lit a joint and blew it in my face. And I said, you don't understand that joint, that stuff. Now that I've tasted the love of the shepherd, you might as well try to give me castor oil because his love is better than wine, better than pot, better than anything the world can offer his love. And so they made fun of me, but then when I went home and started bragging on Jesus, and my mother is going to hear this. My mother walks with God now, and I love her, and she loves me, and we're good, and she prays every day. She's a woman of God now, but at first, and she'll admit it, I wouldn't bring her here to testify, but she'll admit it, that when I first got saved, it was, oh, Jeffrey, he goes from one extreme to another. There he is out there in the drug world. Now here he is, all caught up in religion, but they did not understand that I had not gotten religion. I had met the shepherd. I had met the shepherd. And so, boy, my family, this word of Jesus, a man's foes are going to be his own household, his mom, dad, brothers, sisters, cousins. Interestingly, she follows this little bit of family information, telling us that her brothers have given her a hard time and tried to separate her from the shepherd. She tells us that she had been made so busy in the vineyard where her brothers put her that she had neglected herself. Look what she says, my own vineyard, I had to neglect. They made her so busy, she didn't have time for the mirror. That's what she's saying. I neglected myself. Many of the best commentators believe she was talking about her own charms as a woman. So busy was she that she couldn't spend time in front of the mirror. She couldn't spend time on herself. Her brothers had, had kept her so busy she had no time for herself to doll herself up in the way that she did and to go to meet the shepherd. And she's regretting that she's had to neglect herself. But it didn't matter. 
The Shulamite was beautiful without all of that. Admirably, she didn't worry about it. This is what I like about her. She wasn't given to heavy self-criticism. And she wasn't given to narcissism. And folks, let me encourage you. Don't beat yourself up. Don't let the devil get you to beating yourself up. Don't criticize yourself. I think it's a great, great, great day when you wake up and accept how God made you. And this is what this Shulamite teaches us. She says, I had to neglect myself because I was so busy. They put me in this vineyard, took me out of the field. I didn't have time for the mirror. I didn't have time to get ready to go meet him. I didn't have time to meet him, period. But she says, you know what? That's okay. I know I'm still beautiful because beauty is an inside job. All this plastic surgery going on all the time. You look at the before and after of some of these movie stars. And, oh, oh. I mean, they're beautiful and then they ruin themselves because they get all self-critical. Well, I don't quite have it right. So they get their lips put out. We call it fish lips. And um, I'm sorry, but you know, you look at the before picture and they look just fine, but then they go and they get all this Botox here and Botox there and, and you see them and you go, oh, oh, hi, what's happened to you? You would never, ever have gotten this Shulamite to get such an operation. Say with me, God don't make no junk. And she wasn't narcissistic. She did not think the world revolved around her. Now next, she hearkens back to the freedom she had shared with her beloved shepherd. She starts thinking of the way it was before her brothers separated her from the shepherd, before Solomon had her kidnapped and taken into the court. They had been free to meet and exchange mutual vows of love. She's longing for those days before all these obstacles got in the way. And she cries out. She says, tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Now she's talking to a shepherd that's not there. But she's talking out loud, talking to herself. She's saying, hey, Shepherd, love of my heart, where are you grazing? Where's your flock? Where are you resting your sheep at midday? I long to find you again and be with you. Then look what she says. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? Why should you be keeping me a secret? In other words, why can't I be open with my affection? I'm veiled. Why must my feelings be veiled? I want to express my feelings. Why must I hide? I want to roam free and I want to be open with you. That what she's saying is, I miss the times we had. I'm really missing personally being with you. You know, my brothers, they came between us. And then now the prince of this world and the court women of this world have taken me away and there's no way I can get to you. So I'm having to just kind of yield to what's inside of me and express what's inside of me. And she's saying, I miss you. I want to be with you. Where are you? Do you know that Jesus came to earth to restore us to perfect freedom? What she's wanting is freedom. Here she is in this court. She can't get out. He's out there. She's in there. She can't get out. And she's longing for the freedom to be with the shepherd with no hindrances. Now think for a minute. 
Jesus came to this earth to remove hindrances between us and God. Let me tell you what I believe. Every time somebody takes cocaine, I've never done that in my life, thank God. But they take that cocaine, they snort it. What are they looking for? I am convinced. They're looking for the shepherd. They don't know it, but they're looking for that spiritual connection that their heart longs for. They just don't know how to find it. Those that drink, those that smoke it, chew it, snort it, shoot it, whatever. What are they looking for? Why would you sit there and ruin yourself? Because I'm looking for a spiritual connection. I just don't know how to find it. I don't know how to get there. There's something I want. It's like an amnesiac that knows there's something back there that I'm just not remembering. I know that somebody is there who knows me and loves me, but I can't remember. I don't know exactly where they are or who they are or who I am. But I'm longing for it. This woman is saying, boy, I want to be free again. I want to be free to connect with him. And can I tell you, church, that Jesus came to earth and died for our sins and rose from the dead so that we could be free and unencumbered, delivered from the prince of this world and delivered from this world to be free to fellowship with him. That's why Jesus came. So I think what she's saying here is exactly what a lot of people say when they're looking for the Lord. They just don't know it. Jesus said, if the son therefore shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Free of what? Free from the prince of this world. Free from the pull of the world. Free from the chains of the world. So that you can connect with him and know him and fellowship with him. Satan, on the other hand, wants to bring us into bondage. This is exactly what Solomon had done to the Shulamite. But the Shulamite had tasted of real freedom and she wanted it back. Now in verse 8, the court women mock her. Look what they say. They say, if you don't know, oh, beautiful woman, where to find him, then follow the tracks of the sheep and graze your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. Do you see that they are cutting her down? They're saying, hey, country girl, you really want to give up Solomon for that shepherd? Then go out there and start following sheep tracks. And hang around those stinky shepherd tents. Go ahead and take second best is what they're saying. She said, if you don't know where he is, they say, then follow the sheep tracks and pasture your young goats by the huts of the shepherds. And it's so sarcastic what they're saying to her. You don't seem to understand your current position, these court women imply. Don't you understand what Solomon is offering you? You can be his favorite. And how many times do we hear in our mind's eye, don't you understand what you could have out there in that world? And here you are saying, I want that shepherd. And you're out there following shepherd tracks. You're missing a great opportunity to really have fun, really live, really party, really enjoy life. And here you sit around churches with sheep. Do you hear it? Do you see this? He said, and you can be his favorite. Oh, if you go out there in the world, you would be a winner. If you go out there in the world, you would be so popular. You would this and that and the other. Translated, the world is yours for the taking, Shulamite. If you can't grasp this opportunity, then you deserve to return to the life of a country bumpkin. 
You don't know what you're missing. But guess what? Returning to the life of a country bumpkin is exactly what she wanted. What they despised, she prized. You know why? Because he was there. Let me tell you something. Wherever he is, that's home. Doesn't matter if it's a stinky shepherd's tent. There's nothing. You could have gold, silver, wealth, fame, esteem. You could be his number one, but she wouldn't have been number one for long. But right now, you could be his number one, and, and you could be somebody. She says, I don't want to be somebody in the world. I don't want the prince of this world. Solomon doesn't appeal to me. In old church, we need to be saying every single day, Solomon doesn't appeal to me. The prince of this world doesn't appeal to me. His pavilion doesn't appeal to me. The court women, I don't care what the court women or the people of the world think. You better believe I will follow the tracks of all the other sheep because they're all going where I want to go. That is into the presence of the shepherd. And even if it's a stinky shepherd's tent, that's where you're going to find me because where he is, it makes everything beautiful. Amen. Likewise, the world cannot understand why the believer turns down what it offers. Peter wrote these words. He said, those who do not know God are surprised. You do not join them in the sinful things they do. They're surprised. What do they do? They laugh at you. And they say bad things against you. Peter says, that's okay. The spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. But the Shulamite was no fool and neither is the Christian. She had tasted real freedom. The women of Solomon's court knew only the counterfeit freedom of commitment to Solomon and their resulting enslavement to him. What a beautiful picture the Shulamite presents of fidelity and loyalty to the love of her heart, the shepherd. Though in a foreign environment, she chooses to remain true to him, though he seems far away. And what an example for us as we too are in a world that is not our ultimate home. We're just passing through. I have such high anticipation that this series is going to have a transforming effect on us as we follow the steps of the Shulamite and how she handles the various attacks and temptations that come her way. Now, don't go anywhere. Our announcer has an exciting offer for you, our Life Talk listeners. And be sure to tune in next time for our next message out of the beautiful Song of Songs. Until next time, I pray God's richest blessings be yours. Now, here's our announcer. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now. Or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. An Hour of Trouble is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, The One That Got Away. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The One That Got Away, for only $50 plus shipping. By logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Mm-hmm.